This is Comet Picks by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason Glick. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right, John. It's like it's really goddamn hot here in Southern California, right? Yeah, now. it's like Hades, you know? <laughs> it's, uh, I saw some uh, temperatures on Wonderground today. I saw 111 in Paris. Not, uh, Par- not Paris, France. Paris, California. <laughs> Which is far more scenic, at, at yeah, any rate. Absolutely. And, <laughs> yes, and and the hell analogy is appropriate given um, what I'm going to be talking about for this this podcast. Oh, excellent! What are you going to be talking about? Going to be talking about pure evil here, or at least pure evil as DC Comics defines it. So, because I, mean, I up until um, earlier this week, I didn't have an early, any idea what um, so you know what I was going to talk about until I remembered that hey, you know I. I act. I, I pre-ordered um, their the uh, their latest crossover, the hardcover collection of their latest crossover event, Forever Evil. It's like written by Jeff by um, mainstay Jeff Johns and um, artist David Finch, and illustrated by artist David Finch. Um, it's it basically um, sprung out of the whole Villains Month event from September of last year, when um, when DC um, you know say, um, basically. Uh, Basically, sprung this sprung the stories out of their um their Trinity War crossover between the uh, three Justice League titles, and and um you know it's like I was, and it's like I just thought okay yeah this that's fine I mean like with DC crossovers I mean most of them they don't have the same kind of like you know this is part of the overall narrative of the DC universe that a uh, Marvel's crossovers tend to have I mean with Marvel like you know everything from. Oh, See from House of M through Siege, you know, at least like had it, it wasn't a very you know I say say very well planned out or um coherent narrative, but it was still a narrative none, nonetheless in the sense that you know things followed from one one crossover event to to the next, and they've also um continued to do that with these um with um every with um events they've done since Avengers X Men, um taking then. And well, Age of Ultron, then Infinity. So like, and now we've got um, let's see, uh, original, original Sin, and then um, well, what's oh, then the, the next one, which well, good God, they've got so many coming out next. Then there's Time Runs Out, there's Spider Verse, there's um, Axis. So, so there you go. I mean, like Marvel's problem right now is they got a surplus of events that tend to define their universe. DC's problem is that they really don't have any, but because I mean, but I mean, the main reason I wanted to pick up um, Forever Evil is because of certain moves they've been made that they've been making with regards to um, Lex Luthor, in the sense that you know Luthor is now a member of the Justice League, which you know it, he's done through his. It's been he did this through his typical you know hey I'm gonna hey you know, I want to be a hero and I'm going to blackmail Batman in order to do it. Because you know that's how Luther rolls. It's like he sees himself as the hero that that mankind needs in order to save save them from the uh, menace of the superhumans who are just going to roll over all the ordinary people. But he has none. He has no understanding of the uh, of the self sacrifice that that the heroes engage in in order to be that that renders them heroes beyond their superpowers. So. I'm so I'm kind of interested in hearing about that story, and that's one of the main that's one of the main reasons I picked up Forever Evil because I was looking forward to seeing um, Luther getting a lot of good anti-hero um, action like like in this in this crossover event. I got 
some of that uh, here. I mean, it starts off. There's a great scene with some with some um, um, in caption narration from Johns about how um, Luther talks about the time he rescued a kitten, rescued his sister's kitten who had crawled up a tree, and then the kitten scratches him because it was so freaked out by. You know, by being up a tree, and then Luther is so so incensed by this action that he throws the kitten in the river, and he's just pissed because you know, I was only trying to save it. That's I, I that's a nice that's a nice start to it, and shows you just you know like Luther's gives it perfectly encapsulates Luther's um, views on on heroism, something that you know that deserves reward, not something that you know should be done without without thought of it in the first place. And then um, he goes on to, to blackmail the to subtly blackmail the uh, the leader of um, Cord Industries to um, hand over his um, hand, hand over his company before um, Luther ruins the life of his family because hey you know he's still Luther after all and um, then and but um, the his the the uh, interaction is it's interrupted by by a mysterious um, mysterious event that blacks out. Um, metropolis, and then we find out that you know you've got all that um, all of these um, you got you've got these uh, mysterious action um, characters that are going around causing um, trouble throughout um, Gotham, Metropolis, Keystone City. They're releasing all they're um, they're opening up Arkham City. They're um, they're breaking all, all the villains out of the Iron Heights prisons, and um, it's it's like it's bad. You know, it's like because it turns out that all that these people who are going around um, freeing freeing all the villains, it's none other than the crime syndicate. Now, you know if you're familiar with the crime syndicate, you should know that um, they are the you know back in the uh, well pre reboot days of the of the DC universe and you know even beyond that, they are the um, evil versions of the heroes from. Like that, that reside on Earth too, where all the hero, all the um, villains, all 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 the heroes are villains, and the villains are heroes. With Lex Luthor being their greatest hero of all. Um, Grant Morrison um, did a great um, graphic novel with Frank Whitley um, years ago during his his JLA run that that harped that harped upon this this um, this um, see this premise, and uh, it. And and it was great, not only because of the simple fact that, um, you know, that it um, explored a word this um, you know this flip side of heroes and villains, but also because Morrison envisioned a world where not where the the um, that where the roles of heroes and villains weren't they weren't just reversed, but the roles of their stories worked worked differently as well. Basically, where, this is a story where in the end, evil always triumphed, where no matter what. The good guys did well when um you know, when the Justice League went over to try and like, you know save this world, everything they did just didn't work because it resulted in a worse world because that was how this like um this universe worked. It was an, it was a place that thrived on thrived on evil and where even when when um Batman managed to save his his father um from 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 certain death, it only led him to um turned Gotham City into a police state. That's that's the kind of um, place we're, we're dealing with out there. Um, Johns isn't um, he's well, you know he's never been as um, as imaginative as a uh, as a writer you know for in ter- compared to Grant Morrison in terms of like you know that he doesn't think 
that far outside the box. But he is, but he is still really good at um, looking at all the toys inside the box and finding um, interesting, interesting things to do with them. Um, this isn't one of his better, one of his better um, efforts because a lot of it is just does feel like a like it. You can feel the plot wheels grinding as the. Uh, it's like as the uh, um, justice gang, I mean, it's as the crime syndicate, um, you know, makes uh, you know makes their play for taking over taking over the world, and um, they're they they're they're being gratuitously nasty through, like to the uh, uh, to all the heroes and even the villains. It's like you know to to uh, you know to uh, you know to um, set set the tone for their for their reign and thing things like that. I mean, oh, but try two establishings here. You got. Crime Syndicate is made up of Ultraman, who is you know Superman's evil converse, um, Super Superwoman, who is ostensibly um, Wonder Woman's evil counterpart, except that she's actually evil Lois Lane instead, which is actually so, so kind of cool. You've got Owlman, who's Batman's evil counterpart, except he's not evil Bruce Wayne; he's evil Thomas Wayne Jr. Which um, y- you know, if you've read um, if you if you've read um, Scott Snyder's, um, you know, C- City of Owls um, storyline. You'll you'll know who I'm talking about there. You've also got Evil Flash, Johnny Quick, like Atomica, who is um, evil, the evil Adam, and Grid, who is um, Cyclops, who is um, Cyborg. Basically, the um, he's like the uh, all the machine parts of Cyborg without the uh, like without the human element, and also Power Ring, who is um, like. Who is Hal Jordan actually of that universe? Except um, they're Hal Jordan. Instead of being someone with no fear, he is a complete coward, which is actually kind of clever. You know, considering that's yeah, like I said, that's that's kind of thing how, how John's roles. So he can look at the um, you know how you know, how these characters. He, he, he like this is the kind of imagination that he that he has, and it actually works pretty well. I mean, like actually does get some good mileage out of um, Power Rings. Um, cow- cowardice right here and it is perversely entertaining to show for him to show us a version of Hal Jordan that is um you know like that you know subject to fear fear and cowardice and um you know making rash actions like murdering like some of the like um, some of Flash's rogues just on a whim because he's because he's scared that they're going to make the first move it's even more fun when um Sinestro shows up um halfway through the story and then um th- starts to throw down with them it's like that's it's like that was that was kind of clever, but also um, Sinestro kind of underlines like you know parts of the uh, parts of the parts of the way the story doesn't quite um, doesn't quite work in the way that I like because I mean with I mean with um, Sinestro in how in um, in John's Green Lantern run he was yeah, yeah he was the bad guy I mean he was you know it's like he led the Sinestro corpse in some of its some of its most most ruthless in some of its in the um some of the best stories from the from the run but also um he also the sinestro also believed that you know in what the green lantern corpus was doing but he also knew that they weren't going to um that they wouldn't they would never take the steps necessary in order to protect the galaxy without um the, you know, without him or without his corpse around in order to um push them to that next level I mean, it wasn't until the sinestro corpse attacked that the um that they that the um, green lanterns re uh, um removed the restrictions on killing on applying lethal force it's like you know to their like um, to using their, their ring powers and um it's and so in that sense of um, sinestro is kind of like a, a law 
lawful evil kind of guy in the sense that you know he's like it's like he's completely ruthless, but he still but he still acts by a code, and it's like so and um and even then like you know you can understand like how he uh like you know when when he when the uh like when he was actually um brought back into the Green Lantern Corps um um two thirds of the way through John's run it's like it actually it actually made a certain sense and it was just a really cool cool twist right there um with luther in um it's like it's like in um, forever evil it's we're, we're dealing with the uh, the whole premise is like you know yes you've got a bunch of bad guys i mean luther forms his own kind of injustice gang with um his own malformed clone of superman named bizarro of course um it's like captain cold black manta um black adam and um and Sinestro, it's like, and also with um, Batman and Catwoman along, it's like along for the ride. To make sure they don't they don't do anything too bad. It's a matter of just you know pitting bad guys against even worse guys to make the bad guys um seem just slight, just slightly more her- heroic than usual. Right, right here, and it's also, but it's also kind of telling that um all of the uh, all the bad guys here. Are characters that um, Johns has worked with in the past, and that you know that are capable of you know acting acting heroic, like when say um, when when the need should arise, and um, but I mean the story itself is kind of like like I said you can hear the plot gears grinding through a lot of this stuff, you know, like how the uh, the, uh, the the crime syndicate you know makes their makes their move, um, they take their they take over take over the world, they start doing you know you know, bad, like real bad things to show, show how evil they are and how their rule is not to be challenged. Then, you know, Luther starts form, forming his gang. And then Batman has, Batman shows up because, you know, he's the only member of the Justice League to, uh, you know, make it out of the crisis that consumed them before all this start, all this started happening. You know, and it's, and then, like, you know, he, they, they um, you know, they just go through, they start going through the motions to, you know, to start, Start um, building resistance, um, finding a way to take out the uh, take the inju- the crime syndicate, and then and also you know the crime syndicate you know um, bickers amongst themselves, angst about the evil, it's like the evil thing that um, that was that tore apart their universe and whatnot. See, and um, and I will say that there are some certain are there is some some real clever parts here. I mean, I liked um, I liked um, Bizarro. It's like. I kind of wish that yeah he's even though, if he is kind of like the uh, he is only around to make Luther um, seem more sympathetic. Um, I like the idea of um, Ultraman. You know, aside from being evil Superman, he's a guy. He's a being who um, like snorts kryptonite in order to become stronger and is weakened by the rays of the sun. Um, I let's see. There was also there's also the you know, the revelation of um, of Nightwing's secret secret identity to the world and how that. See how that pans out, and um, oh, when um, Batman um busts out um the uh, Sinestro Corps ring, and that that didn't um pan out for uh, that was an incredibly awesome panel, but it didn't last nearly as long as I was expecting it to, and um, oh, and also you know this is a job for Lex Luthor, yeah, truly, like truly great, and um Luthor's um. Luther's way, to, Luther's uh, the way Luther manages to uh, quote unquote save the day, um, you know, like by by taking out the uh, the real bad guy 
like of the of the crime syndicate. That was, um, it was cool. Even though I cannot kind of admit that you know the logic behind that, um, still kind of still kind of baffles me just a tad. It requires it, it's cool. It just requires a little bit of suspension of disbelief in order to make work, and um. And there's also some there's also some bits at the end where Luther um you know like say saves the day by performing emergency um surgery on so on on Superman probably his final um stamp of approval for Atomica um his his explanation that um the records for all the all the people who teamed teamed up with him have been cleared and their response to that that was cute um it's like there's I mean there's lots of little things in here that I like that I liked and um, a lot of stuff that just kind of felt like, yeah, we're just grinding through to get to the next, next major plot point. And, you know, I'm, and I generally like the art from David Finch, even though it's like, you know, I, um, it's, 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 it's a really, really detailed and, and um, in the sense that, you know, what you expect from most um, superhero comics these days, but I don't know, there wasn't a lot of stuff that made me go, wow. That was really cool. It's just it's it's really competent. It's yeah, you know, it's a little above average, but I don't know, nothing I can really get too passionate about in the end. And um, oh, and also you know DC to their credit is trying to uh, at least mimic Marvel's. You know now this is part of the narrative of the DC universe in the sense that the uh, the last like the last um, dozen or so pages of the it's like of this collection. The story parts of this collection, not the uh, variant cover gallery, um, are just you know lots of setups for for very for um, storylines that are going to keep coming. I mean, good God! I mean, it's just like a- anyone who anyone who who um, bitched about the um, multiple endings that the Return of the King had. I mean, you're going to hate this right here because, like I said, like the last like the last several pages are just nothing but but epi- ep- um, epilogue. For, from for incoming story after epilogue for incoming story, it, I mean some of the stuff does does look interesting. Like I said, it set, clearly sets up the whole um, Luther blackmails Batman into becoming a member of the Justice League um, thing that I want that I want to read about. But um, then you've also got stuff involving um, the return of a iconic DC villain who is no. Or a couple of iconic DC villains from one universe to another, and that, that I read this and, I can, and I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. But um, but also the, I also feel the um the story the volume suffers because it doesn't quite stand on its own. I mean, this is this this um Forever Evil um directly follows on from Trinity War, and I figured okay, I knew that. I mean, I okay, yeah, you got. That this um, storyline where you get the DC heroes fight amongst each other, and then you know the bad guys um, show up at the last minute. I don't need to bother with that. So I'm thinking, read this, and I think, yeah, maybe maybe some context for this would have like would have been nice. But then, um, but then as I read this, I got the feeling that okay, I think Johns is trying the same trick here that he did in um, in Blackest Night. Um, where he told he had the um, the core story in the uh, crossover itself, but then he told all the stuff that went on went in on in between between the issues in the uh, in his in in Green Lantern as well. 
Um, while Blackest Night read, read, read pretty well by itself, um, you read it together with the uh, Green Lantern tie-in issues, and it's like, okay, this is how things sh- this, this is how it should have been advertised the, from the beginning because it cause it reads a lot better, you know, reading reading these the, these old, those issues, you know, in between um, you know pages of the cro- the um, issues of the crossover. Um, the uh, the way Amazon ships things, I I didn't I wasn't able to get uh, you know the uh, Just League tie-in issues for this for this event you know before I did, before I recorded this but well I don't know it's like Forever Evil doesn't doesn't stand on its own the way Blackest Night did and if I do wind up picking up the uh, like the Forever Evil tie-in issues which which are probably published under the aegis of um, Forever Heroes then um well I don't know. I'll probably have to wait till the convention because, hey, you know, it's like Forever Evil as 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 a standalone event. You know, it's it's better than most by by not being terrible by by being being pretty coherent and having a few clever some pretty clever moments I'm strewn throughout. It is, however, it does, however, feel um, more of a um, very plot grindy in its execution. And um, more and very mechanical in its in its efforts to set up, you know, like future events in the DC universe. Does it make me really compelled to read about them in the, in the way that you know Marvel does? No, not really. So, so overall, Forever Evil. If you've, if I don't know if you're if you've if you've been hoping that this would be the uh, crossover that would get you um, on board the ongoing narrative of the DC universe, well. Probably not gonna, probably not gonna happen here, but you know, overall, you know, okay for what it is. John, um, any thoughts on these ramblings? Hmm. Well, um, it's interesting. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna run out and read it based on your description, but <laughs> as well, I hope you shouldn't. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, although there are some intriguing concepts in there, you know, so, but, um, yeah, I'm probably gonna pass on this one. Yeah. It, like I said, it's make, it's better than most crossover events by simply not being terrible. Yeah. Not being terrible. <laughs> but we, we deserve better than that, don't we? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Not terrible. Yeah. We need to be a little bit above that. That's like, well, a D plus, you know. Is there such a thing? Anyway, <laughs> it's still pretty bad. So anyway. Okay. Well, that's that's pretty much it for this. Well, anything planned for the next uh, next podcast? Well, uh, next time um, we may be going um, maybe going back to um, something I've talked about in the past because what because by the time by the time everyone listens to this. Um, I, the final volume of um, Bokurano um, should be should be in my hands, so I may be going back to. So unless so unless something um, really spectacular pops up in the meantime, I'll probably be going um, back to the original, back from the original podcast I did about that series to talk about the um, the finale. It's like after God knows how, many, how what, four or five four or five years it's been since I talked about it the first time, oh. and I've written, and have written about just about every single volume in the intervening years. So. All right. Well, we'll catch you next time on Comet Picks by the Click. Later. Bye.